Set Phasers, a highly illogical Star Trek podcast. Goes well, goes well. Inclement weather notwithstanding. How are you? Delightful. I love a little inclemency in the weather. It means no one goes out and <laughs> I get to watch all the Star Trek I want. Yes. It's a good time. Have you had your own little Star Trek marathon? I did. I watched a little of the original series last night. Very pleased with myself. It was a good time. I had a Star Trek marathon of my own this week, but of a different kind. Did you? Yes. I'll tell you more about that later. But I listened to the new Audible Trek drama, No Man's Land, oh, right. featuring Jerry, Ryan, and Michelle Hearn. Fantastic. Well, yes. listeners, viewers, Patreon supporters, this is Set Phasers, a highly illogical Star Trek podcast. We are your hosts. Oh, yeah. We are your hosts. Why not? It's, it's only fair. We're so professional. We've done this for having me. Indeed. <laughs> Coming on two years. I am one of your hosts, Stevie Manns. And I am the other one, Aki Burmese. <laughs> Today's star date is star date 14102251. And we'll be discussing season four, episode 10, Star Trek Discovery, entitled The Galactic Barrier. Sounds exciting. It's very exciting. It's definitely boldly going where no one has gone before. That is true. You gotta give them that. Along those lines, however, we just want to do our quick preamble, get some business out of the way. First and foremost, we do have a Patreon, Stevie. We do have a Patreon. And you can be a member for as little as, I think it's three bucks a month. Three bucks a month. For the month of March. Excitingly. We are opening up all of our member well, all of our members. So if you start at $3 a month, you will get all of the benefits at the higher end of the spectrum, just as a lovely introduction. So you can get to hang out with us for watch parties and then Zoom hangouts afterwards. You can ask us questions. You can suggest things for the show and early access to episodes. And you'll actually even get to watch the episodes live streamed directly only to patrons. Yes, you'll see it all happen. Mm -hmm. It's often not as organized as the final product. <laughs> it's also part of our preamble mm. today is that we want to let people know about our new segment. Yeah, stick around for the old news. Yes, we got a news segment. Do we have a title for the new segment? We can come up with something. We have a yeah. We might come up with something by the time it's news time. Yeah, it'll be breaking news by the time we get to the breaking news. trek news, breaking barrier. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Oh. Breaking Trek news sounds like we're breaking Trek. We are bringing you all the latest Star Trek news from across mm -hmm. the Star Trek verse and various galaxies, all in one place so you don't have to go and seek it out. You get all the, the cool news and bring it to you in one nice, easy, quick little three-minute segment. The stick around for that after the episode recap. And that's all you got to do. But first, we got to recap this episode, this galactic <gasps> barrier episode. Let's write it down. It's time to run it down. Can you 
everybody because this episode is insane it's got something <laughs> for everyone you may recall well mm. book and tarka went off with the next generation spore drive and decided that they were gonna unilaterally or whatever the word is for when you don't do it with anyone else not bilaterally anyway they were gonna blow this thing up yeah i don't know if i unilaterally did, did you say they that? did something laterally in a bad way and Michael almost talked them down, but then Tarka slipped in because he's a eel, and then they blew the thing up, and then everyone was like, oh, no, well, I guess that's it. And then the DMA came back. It sure did come back. Yes, it was terrifying, just like that. I think that's how we ended the last episode. And it was with a dun-dun-dun. Just recapping the last episode with a dun-dun-dun. Quick episode recap so that you're ready to go to the Galactic Barrier. Dr. Kovich, you know, the psychologist of Starfleet, head psychologist. Psychologist or psychologist? Well, I, can't, I don't know if he's a psychologist or psychiatrist or what. Anyway, a conversation with some heads of state. President Tarina of Navarre. President Rillick. General Indoye from Earth. Did Indoye get promoted? Can't remember. Yes. Admiral Vance. And Michael, and he's basically saying, hey, listen, there's nothing concrete. We don't know anything about these species. Even showing up could be aggression. We have no way we can really communicate. Meet this cat, Dr. Hirai, who is a specialist in astrolinguistics, xenophonology, and theoretic semiotics. Just write that down. But Kovic is not going to go because he's got some secret thing that he's going to do. Michael gets a message. She asked an admiral to join her. They go and meet Stamets. They find out the new information on this new dark matter anomaly. Hey, guess what? It's bigger and badder than the first one. There's been no word from Book and Tarka. There's no time to wait. And you got two hours to load Discovery and the crews to say their goodbyes because no one knows that they're coming back from the Galactic Barrier, even though all the delegates from all the various attendant nations for First Contact are not there. <sighs> Rillick and Vance have a brief discussion where Rillick relates to Vance that she's going to go on this because she was the Federation's top dog diplomat ambassador and she's going to hand over power to the vice president and she needs him to support the vice president because she believes she has to be there when they make first contact as she is the representation of the Federation. Meanwhile Book and Tarka uh, well Book is like really upset with Tarka and he's like hey I found this planet that's got no electricity I'm just gonna leave you there because I hate you. And I'm a scientist bro like I had to do it I'm super still super driven and I wear black and Book's like uh, you know what I'm just gonna head to coordinates 10C and try to destroy thing on my own and Tarka's like how are you gonna do that Book? And Book's like well I, I thought I'd take the next generation sport drive and I'd just fly out there and blow it up or whatever. And Tarka brings up some interesting things. First, my CELO network doesn't extend beyond the galactic rim. Mm. Second, there's something called, quote, negative energy that will eat through the shields and fry Book's brain and heartbeat at the edge of the galaxy. And third, does Book even know how to find this power source to blow it up? And Tarka points out he can do all them things. If a uh, book would just take them along, all they need is programmable antimatter to balance the 
negative energy at the galactic rim. Discovery's going to be doing the same thing. And hey, he happens to know where there's a stash of programmable antimatter. I wonder what that could lead to. Anyway, back on Discovery, Bryce is staying behind to work with Kovic on this galactic barrier communication stuff. Saru is still nervous about President Tarina, who is on board as a... is sort of like the ambassador well she's the president not the ambassador to navarre waiting for their delegate to show up he does work up the nerve to reach out to her and go speak and say hey uh i remember how last uh, we talked and you had said you would get dinner and then i was wondering uh, anyway do you want to get dinner uh before uh we go to to the galactic rim and i may never see you again and she's like "Ooh, uh, i and then in like howard howard hughes in like high school movie fashion she immediately gets called away to do something cannot respond and saru's like uh, hey ensign adira tall is back gray's been doing great with her guardian training stamets is uh, acting super weird <laughs> in front of michael we don't know exactly what that's about at that moment michael goes to see the president in the ready room they have to have it out a little bit basically because the last time they were on a ship together there were some issues about who was in charge of what and they basically decide the president retains the purview of the first contact mission michael retains purview over the ship and her crew they prepare for de- departure they're going to jump to four light years away from the barrier and then they're going to warp through michael addresses the ship says they're going to be on their own uh beyond the galactic barrier they're going to be on their own and then i noticed that Nota bene to myself. One of the delegates is Ferengi, and he has a really nice red arts jacket that I want. That's neither here nor there. <laughs> that was a note I was supposed to take out. Disco jumps in. Turns mm-hmm. out they didn't really, it's hard to tell these things. They're nine light years away from the galactic barrier, so they're a little bit behind schedule. They do max warp to get to the barrier. Saru talks to Culber about spreading the word of the delays among the people there and runs into guess who? President Tarina on the ship because her delegate didn't have time to make it in time, and so she's gone to the galactic rim as well. Culber witnesses their awkward situation and then tells Saru, hey, baby. That's what it is. You get awkward when you like people. That's ain't nothing new. Ain't nothing new about it. Book and Tarka get to this planet. And it turns out it's like a former Emerald Chain work camp. Book is very upset about that. Tarka has to reveal some of his history. And we learn a little something about Tarka. Mm. Oh, we get, get, we get a big fat Tarka lore dump. Tarka lore. Got more than we bargained for. Tarka really. lore dump. Yeah. I thought you'd think... An episode, I mean, maybe I have thoughts on that. Okay, anyway, it was great. So, Tarka used to be a prisoner of the Emerald Chain. The chain. He gets dragged in to meet this scientist on this planet. You can tell that this is years ago. Working on some dilithium alternative. He also sees that they're working on different equations. The scientist's name is Oros, and that's the friend Mm -hmm. that Tarka had mentioned a few episodes ago. But you see that they were not friends in the beginning. They were both very alienated by one another. But they talk things through. There's a cute moment when they do digits of the golden ratio to try and get to sleep. Tarka's doing a lot of blinking. I didn't know if that was important, but I wrote it down. After a year, they become friends, perhaps even more than friends. And Tarka assures, after that short flashback of that, book that the work camp has been out of commission for you. They just need to go get the antimatter where it's hidden. Discovery gets to the galactic barrier. They scan the barrier. The shields are ready, but the density of negative particles is higher than expected. Basically, everything about this plan did not go according to plan. The shields are going to be pretty taxed, but Stamus has figured out that these globs that can you can get into that can help you go through the barrier, but 
you got to get into the barrier. It turns out the antimatter thing doesn't work super great. Just getting to one of these blobs that can help carry you through the barrier, the shields go down to 35%. They finally get into a cell. They're able to get the thing repaired. The president shows up and says, hey, I know you're dealing with a lot right now, but I got an encrypted message just before we went into the barrier, and you need to see what it says. The message was just from Vance, and he was just telling them, hey, you know that new super cool, super big, bad DMA that's bigger and badder and worser? Uh, It just moved into the Alpha Quadrant. The gravitational waves are going to hit Navarre and Earth in 24 hours. I'm breaking up. So basically, just bad news and then garbled message, and they're in a bubble floating in negative energy in space. Michael wants to tell the crew. Relic doesn't want to tell the crew. They have to agree to not talk about it for a while because they have to get to the bridge because the big blob that they're in has stopped moving and they have to figure out a different way to get where they're going. Meanwhile, Book and Tarka encounter a cloaked ship on this supposedly abandoned space. That's no good. Uh, Tarka says, hey, don't worry. These are courier models. My antimatter is hidden. I go back here every year. I know where it is. Flashback. Oros and Tarka eating. Uh, uh, they're t- they, you know, still doing golden meat. An alarm sounds. Oros gets very upset because the last time that happened, someone tried to escape. The last scientist that was in with them, their head exploded. Tarka comforts Oros in a way that we have never seen Tarka be empathetic uh, this time. Tarka says he never had a real friend before. Oros explains that they're working on a multi-positioning equation and believes that they have a way out of their present imprisonment. Where? To another universe, as we know. That's what... Tarka's always talking about a place called Kyalis. Excuse me, a place called <clears throat> Kyalis, meaning something like home, a heaven, a place beyond suffering, a peaceful universe. And he believes he has to calculate to prove that it's real. And they're making this transporter. And he's like, Tarka, you can come with me because we're friends to this place beyond suffering. Meanwhile, back on Discovery, they decide they're going to try to fly to another bubble that's forming that will get them through the barrier but to do that they're gonna have to fly through all the instable bubbles and the shields are gonna be pretty taxed and it's gonna come down to well uh quite a bit they go ahead and start doing that back to tarka and book more flashback baby it's tarka and oris living together working on equations falling in love perhaps they have to dig for programmable matter They make this transporter, and they had to use it before they were ready. Why? Because the chain was shutting down the camp, and everything was going to get put away. They are one night in the lab, I guess. They grab the antimatter. They make the thing. They turn the thing on. It turns into the thing. They click the button. They stand together in the transporter. They hold hands. Things go up. Alarm sound. They're holding hands, and then it shuts down. They needed more power to make it work. And then a chain shoulder. A chain... God, I knew I was going to say this. Chain soldiers show up. And what happens next? They beat the crap out of Oros and a little bit out of Tarka. And it's revealed that Tarka's mission was indeed to ingratiate themselves with Oros. This is by the chain. And figure out what Oros is working on and tell them what it was. And then he'd be freed. But Tarka has had a change of heart. It's all, you realize it's all in in the flash of an eye. And it manages to wrestle the gun away from the chain soldier and shoots them dead. Then he burns out his own neck implant, pulls it out of his head. Disgusting. Does the same thing for Oros. The alarm sounds again. And Oros says, you got to go. My ribs are too broken or something. I can't run with you. You need to rebuild the chamber and I can get us out of here and I will bring you with us. So Tarka runs, Oros stays behind. He stays in a cave for like a month or something. When he comes back, Oros is gone. There had been a big 
energy surge. Ships came and left. But there was carving on the wall a vague graphic representation of the golden ratio. Meanwhile, Disco's trying to fly through shells. Everything's going really, really bad. The ship is basically, literally, basically on fire. Shields are down to 4%. They need to get an extra 30 seconds out of shields. It's going to take like 29 seconds to get to the next bubble. They finally get to this bubble just before the ship basically implodes. The president finally agrees with Michael that, hey, okay, let's address the crew. Tells them about the situation that's going on on Earth. People are distraught, but they have to continue their mission because that is what they must do. Adira and Samets have a wonderful moment together where Samets admits, okay, he may have been a little too enthusiastic in front of the captain, but he was trying to build Adira up in order to I don't know. He Like a parent, you know, just super nervous about them and their well-being. Michael and the president have a little discussion and Tarka and Book make their antimatter shields and fly for the galactic rim. Disco is in extra galactic space and they start warping towards a planet that they found just outside the, I forget what they call it. Anyway, the big weird Dyson sphere that species 10C must be living inside of. They're going to go to this planet just outside of it, even though it's uninhabited. And Oh, one final cute moment before they do that. Saru goes to see President Tarina, offices, offers condolences because Navarre is in such deep trouble. And then the president asks Saru to sit down with her for a while as she finds him a, quote, comforting presence. And Michael and the president look out through the, the window in Michael's ready room and saying, they're going to have to make this work because they've got to save billions of lives. Of course. Yes. Anyway, let's chat about that. We should chat. Let's do that. I say, darling, let's do a quick chat about that. Yes, yes, let's do. Yeah, what are the the main themes here? As we have only a few episodes left, everyone is going out to be isolated. Yes, you feel rather sorry for Discovery, and there's so much at stake. And Mm. and I'm glad that President Rillick agreed to tell the crew and Michael and her not at loggerheads yes. with that news anymore. So they feel like they're more on a, an even keel with regard to how they're handling the situation. Yeah, it was a mirror of that episode in Mike's ready room in the first episode where the president's like, now, why did I give you a dressing down? Are you familiar with the Kobayashi? You're not going to be in charge of the new Voyager. You know, and Michael's like, I don't want to be in charge of the new Voyager. And he's like, oh, well, good. And they're like, ah. You know, this scene, they were like, well, why, why did you let me in? Yeah, literally, it was really mm. nice. I liked... We had to wait a long time for that resolution, and I'm sure I'm going to go back and forth on President Rillick here, but today, or whatever I'm trying to say, it felt good to see the President and the Captain working together. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is uh, some interesting Earth and Navarre being mm-hmm. not quite under attack, but basically being under attack by the DMA. Doesn't that make it seem like it's a deliberate move for Species 10C? Like, no one's really discussed that, because they're supposed to be looking for baronium or whatever it's called. But mm-hmm. those are the two historic foundations of Starfleet of Starfleet of the Federation and a, a day or so not even a day maybe less than a day since the new DMA showed up it jumps to the Alpha Quadrant and takes down these takes on these two planets I don't know it just seems like species 10c might know what they're doing I don't think your supposition is incorrect my Vulcan friend but I wonder if it's just the biggest conflict that can be introduced sure I mean there's one bigger conflict that can be introduced it's that species tendency is, is Lorca. And that's, <laughs> listen, I know that's far-fetched. Oh, my God. But species Let 10 see uh, how many letters are there in Gabriel Lorca. 
one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. More than ten. All right. That this work. is fucking tinfoil time. I'm just, I'm telling you, it could be Lorca. <laughs> it, it's not Lorca. <laughs> it might be Lorca. We're talking about multiphasic universes and stuff. Lorca's from the mirror universe, and he could be species 10C. It's just what I want it to be. This is what I want. Okay, I hear what you want. I'm going to say that it is highly unlikely that it is Jason Isaacs coming back as Gabriel Lorca because Jason Isaacs is currently engaged with Good Sam mm -hmm. on CBS or no, ABC. Oh. Whatever. Yeah. He's on a different show on a different channel. Because if it was Dad, CBS, you know, yes, yeah, so CBS are, that's fine. a family. Those Actually, are the, maybe it is CBS. That's yeah, part of the Paramount Plus family. He could, he could, uh, what? What is mm -hmm. that? Like a day or two on set? Hey, it's me, Gabriel Lorca. What's up? My eyes hurt. I'm eating flings. Keefly, 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 Kelp, Kelp, Kelpie. Why? Anyway, also, <laughs> do we think the, uh, moving on, the insane mission of Tarka and Book is going to somehow... How is it going to resolve? I have no idea. Well, I, I thought, are they going to try to do what I call the Golem Maneuver, or the Golem Maneuver? Which is to say, the end of Lord of the Rings, you're like, why is this guy been following us around? We hate this dude. But at the very end, Frodo can't throw the ring into the into the pit of the fire mountain thing. And then Golem is like, but I'm also greedy. And he jumps at Frodo and then he grabs the ring. But he's so overzealous that he flies off into the volcano with the ring in his hand. Well, you know, if you uh, haven't seen the end of Lord of the Rings, then... Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Oh, my God. Listen, people, if you haven't seen the end of Lord of the Rings and you're listening to this podcast, I'm sorry. <laughs> to be fair, it came out quite a long time ago. So. It came out, the first one came out 20 years ago. Really? The movies, I think so. I think it was 2000. Well, you know what? I was I could have not get not that time back it? from. I have seen the end of it, but I forgot because it, I was so bored. I did not enjoy Lord of the Rings. Yeah, it's boring. It's beautiful landscapes, it's so Middle Earth. Oh my god! Mm, it we're was running. Like I fucking waited what twelve hours for something to happen. What do you think? So much stuff happened. Uh, they became friends. That's Lord of the Rings. Okay. <sighs> Uh, all right, my back gosh, to back. <laughs> yes. Anyway, that's all I got from it. That's the cultural reference I needed, and that's the most important thing because upon that the whole thing cruxes because Gollum jumps for the precious, and that's what actually sends it into the flames. Anyway, do we think Tarka and Book are going to do something like that? <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like Tarka is going to go over the top. I'm just worried that species tendency is way too. The only way this can be resolved not in disaster is species 10C is not as is more benign than we think. It's like actually like we just wanted to talk. I imagine the being giant blobs. They're like, mm -hmm. we are evil but very slow. You know, and they they have like uh -huh. and our power source is right here. Without it, we would all die, you know. And Michael's like, we can't kill them. And then Tark is like, I'm gonna kill them because I need the power source, you know? Or three. Michael and Rillick like to talk to Species 10C, so they're like, okay, we want to be part of the Federation. Those are my three theories. And That's Lorca. Fair. I think at the beginning, though, when the delegate was like, we're pretty naive if we think we can chat to them. Yeah, Dr. Hirai, who's like, hmm. you don't even know if they use words. Could be like the Zindi from Enterprise. It could be. But you know, Dr. Hirai hmm. also, you get that one little speech at the beginning, and it's spent the rest of the time you see him in the episode, he's snacking on things. He seems very unperturbed. He's like, oh, he's eating nuts or like some kind of meat. He's like around. He's like, mm, oh, are we doing something crazy? Like going to the edge no. of the known galaxy? <laughs> All right. What? Oh, my God. Are those cashews? And my final question, what is Kovic really working on? 
He said, I want to tell me. They were like, we're working on anything secret. And he was like, I'm going to keep it that way. What is he doing? He's a bit like a Guinan. He gives me some Guinan vibes. He's got yes. sage, sage vibes but he's about a little, him. But he's also like, no, I'm not going to tell you what I'm working on. Anyway, hmm. rethink everything. Super, Here's my super friend. secret. Here's my friend, a super smart doctor who likes to eat snacks. You'll need him. Mm-hmm. Well. On to Quotable Moments. Why not? Quotable moments. What have you I got? forgot to write things down. That's all right. Because my dog had a dental yesterday and he was very whiny. My dog. So I had him sitting in my lap while I was I was watching and I couldn't write anything well, down. You gotta so, hold on to your dog. But I did enjoy Saru's little moment with the Balkan delegate. Yes, President Trina. Cute. So cute. Let's see. I wrote too much down. Let's see. I like it when Tarka says, that's science. Hypothesize. Test. Iterate. You know, it's like a little psychotic. And that moment after the first awkward moment that Saru and Tarina have, Culver says, insecurity is universal and totally normal. And it's shocking to consider the idea of insecurity between Saru and Tarina because they're both so like stayed calm and collected mm-hmm. characters and one's a Vulcan. But it really was very... <laughs> Very powerfully communicated that they both felt awkward in that moment. Stamets says a wonderful thing at the end to Adira. He says, I will always reach for you if it seems you're hurting. That was cute. I like that. Good one. Finally, my favorite little quip of the episode was when they get to the Galactic Barrier and they're looking at it before they go through. Reese says, is it wrong that I think it's pretty damned cool? And Saru says, frontiers are always cool, Mr. Reese. Mm -hmm. I like that. Frontiers are always cool. Mr. Reese, that could be a t-shirt <laughs> for me. I'd wear it. Yeah. I guess I also like that Kovic references Gilligan's Island in the very beginning of the episode. He says it's nice that all these delegates that are showing up, it's not that they are all so eager for a three-hour tour outside the galaxy, and nobody gets it. Not a single person at the table. I didn't get it. I don't know Gilligan's Island. Well, what, you weren't in America in the 60s? No. I don't 70s, think we even got the reruns. I'm familiar 70s. with the concept. Was some guy just not stranded on an island? Is that the idea? It's a bunch oh. of people. It's G- Gilligan's like a big doofus. It's a professor. There's Marianne. Anyway, they got stranded on an island. They were only supposed to go out for a three-hour tour. <laughs> for a three-hour tour. A three-hour tour. And then they stay there for many years. Got it. Thank you for the context. You are so welcome. <laughs> and also, this just in. Oh, I love a good news segment. Well, in news this week in Star Trek news, Doug Jones receives the inaugural chair award. It's makeup, Hollywood makeup awards, if you like. He said he's often asked how long transformations take, uh, including amphibian man in the shape of water and pan in Pan's Labyrinth. And Doug Jones said it takes many, many hands that go into making characters. It would start with the live casts, your mold makers, your sculptors, and your other mold makers. He thanked the room of local 706 artists by saying my career has only happened because of referrals from you. He also thanked makeup artists for boosting his self-esteem as being a 13-year-old boy who was very tall and very skinny. Jones said every other kid made fun of me. I couldn't walk anywhere with having my physicality pointed out to me. Yay, Doug! Poor Doug. I mean, well, yeah, Doug, poor but Doug. also poor well, young yay, Doug. Doug. Poor Doug. Well, look who's laughing ha, now. Ha, ha, ha. Who's ha, got ha, the ha. last laugh? Doug does. 
Indeed, you Star Trek collectors out there have something new to collect. Star Trek Prodigy action figures are coming out from Playmate Toys. They will be available at online retailers beginning in October 2022 and on store shelves beginning spring of 2023. Such a long time Mm -hmm. to wait for the in-store thing. You know, incidentally, I watched about four minutes of Star Trek Prodigy a couple weeks ago. Mm -hmm. Seemed very nice. I might watch it. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Star Trek Picard audio drama No Man's Land was just released February 22nd. You can discover what happens to Rafi and Seven of Nine. If you caught the tail end of Picard where there was little hand touching, this audio drama really goes into that. It follows the stunning conclusion to season one of Star Trek Picard with this fully dramatized Star Trek adventure featuring the beloved stars of the hit series, Michelle Hurd and Jerry Ryan. We have, I don't want to give too much away, it's it's very reasonably and affordably priced on Audible, um, but we have this little clip, Michelle Hurd. When we start season two, you come upon Rafi and Seven and you come into like the middle of their relationship. You come into these two women, strong, independent, stubborn women, and their relationship has already been developed. They've already explored some of their trials and tribulations. What I love is that when you listen to this audio drama, you can see where all those foundation things came from. You can see how they communicate, how they respect each other and care for each other and support each other, and also where they clash and the way that they approach situations don't line up and how do they work with that. And I love that we didn't sort of get indulgent in the second season and just sort of go into that world because I feel that the world of Star Trek is sometimes bigger than any two relationships. It's more about the many not necessarily about the few. We all individually tell our stories, but I feel like in the Star Trek universe, we tell our stories as to how they sit in this universe and in the experiences of the people that we're trying to help or that have come into our lives. And it has more of an impact to the whole and not just the few. Wasn't that fun? Yes, it was fun. (laughs) And do you have any thoughts on that? Are you going to listen to it? Oh, yeah, I will. It seems like a very digestible small portion, which I will listen to. I don't know if I'm going to be able to do it before Picard comes out because everything's happening all at the same time suddenly. And I will say it is a fun audio drama if you like that kind of thing. You hear the world of Star Trek. It's all good fun. And you get into that relationship Mm -hmm. of Rafi and Seven. It is a nice little aside to see how they come together for Picard. So that's all from the news. fun yes do you enjoy bum, bum, bum. where are we now what what do we what do we, what do we do? it's 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 it next is, time okay. <laughs> it's a wrap up wrap it up next time on <laughs> set phasers okay uh-uh. yes next time on set phasers a little less exciting <laughs> news stuff we only have three episodes left of season four of star trek discovery i did google this week that there is a season five that has been approved and is on day away. But uh, season four, episode 11 of Star Trek Discovery and what all that will mean in the meantime. Thank you so much for joining us. If you enjoyed the program, whether you're listening on your devices or you're watching live because you're you're a supporter, uh, you can go back and find old episodes of our podcast or catch it new every Monday wherever you get your podcast from. Indeed, and do join us on the old Patreon at patreon.com forward slash set phases for the month of March where all members can receive open access to all of the wonderful benefits including early access to audio and video episodes. Netflix slash Amazon Prime watch parties with us and Zoom hangouts with us as well. That's patreon.com forward slash set phasers. The link is in the show notes. 
We're on Facebook and Instagram, Set Phasers, Set Phasers Podcast. Check out what Stevie's doing, Meme Game Strong, hashtag, and join us in the conversation of all things trash. Indeed. That's everything from us. Until the next time, I am Stevie Mines. And I am finding you to be a comforting presence. And this has been Set Phasers, a highly illogical Star Trek podcast. Computer and program.